Laura Carno had a passion to stop school shootings. Seven years ago, she came to Independence Institute with what seemed a crazy idea. Today, that idea of training armed school staff members on how to stop a mass shooter is becoming the norm across the state. I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute, and this is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. This is going to be a fascinating discussion. Seven years ago, this wonderful woman brought up an idea to help kids be safe in schools. It sounded crazy to a lot of people. Now it's becoming the norm. Laura Carno from Faster Colorado. Congratulations. Hello. Thank you. Hello again. All right. So the idea for many people seemed insane. What you're going to solve gun violence by bringing more guns to school. Well, and it's about stopping gun violence by making sure that the place where our children go to school, where our teachers and other staff work, um, isn't, uh, they, you know, they're not sitting ducks. It's not a gun-free zone where bad guys know that there will not, there is not likely to be any um, armed resistance. It is a gun-free right. zone. It is a law. I see the signs. It has a gun with a slash through it. There are gun-free zones, but your goal is to put more guns in there, and a lot of people find it just abhorrent. Yeah, and so let me say it this way. Um, parents and schools have a goal to make sure that children are safe in school. Um, what we do at Faster Colorado is make sure that the schools that are going to have armed uh, employees, armed faculty, armed security teams, that they have access to the best possible training in Colorado. So that's what we do at Faster. But the, the increase in these policies over the years, John, has all been parent-driven. Uh, it's the parent's job to make sure that the school keeps their kids safe. And you know, so we, we, yes, I go around the, the state and to some extent um, you know, outside of the state speaking about this, um, but you know, Laura Carno or Faster Colorado, we don't um, make this policy happen. The, the parents are driving this, which is what's powerful about it. We start at the end and then we'll go back to the beginning. Sure. So seven years ago, you see this idea and you say, let's, Let's bring this to Colorado. Now today, in 2023, there are 45 school districts that have armed staff, armed staff protecting our kids. And I will guarantee you in the next five years, it will become the norm. Why? Because it is the only, say this, the only effective cost affordable way to protect our kids. We cannot have cops in every school. We cannot have police officers or uh, SROs, school resource officers. It, it's unaffordable. It's unattainable as a, as a deterrent. And so major school districts are considering this, looking at this. And because of the work you've done, it has come from this idea like, what? To being ridiculed, to being looked at, to something now that if school districts don't consider it, and don't do it, should the worst happen, it will be their liability. And school districts are gonna be looking at this going, wait a second, if we don't train our people to the level of police officers, and if those people are willing to do so, 
we'll be held liable for not protecting our kids. Yeah, you know, we get a lot of questions about the Claire Davis Act, and Claire Davis was the high school student who lost her life in the Arapahoe High School shooting. And after uh, she lost her life there, the parents went to the school and said, we would like to know about this killer. What did you know? When did you know it? What were you doing? Um, all that, All that kind of stuff. And the school wouldn't release the information. So the Davises went to the legislature and said, this isn't right. And so there was this end of session um, a bipartisan leadership bill, meaning the president of the Senate, the Speaker of the House here in Denver, said, this is so important. We are doing this bill together. So now with the Claire Davis Act on the books, it says that schools need to um, do I'm going to botch this language probably, but it's along the lines of um, everything reasonable to make sure that kids are safe. And it has disclosure requirements that they have to talk to the parents about this. They have to, when, when something happens, they have to disclose the information. So we get a lot of questions from schools saying, under the Claire Davis Act, if we have armed staff, does this help us? Are, are, we do, are we taking one more step to keep children as reasonably safe as possible? And, you know, I'm not an attorney. Most school boards have their own board attorney, and that's a question for them. But I think it's very interesting how many schools are looking at that law and saying, gosh, are we really doing everything to keep children safe? In Colorado, we have mandatory education. Some people can afford sending your kid to a private school. Some folks can afford homeschooling, and it's a huge expense to keep a parent at home to do that. But other than that, the state requires your kid be taken for six to eight hours a day, and you're, you're put into a, into a government facility. The number one job of the state is to keep our kids safe. That's our job. Yes, it's to educate them. But be, before that, they have to be safe. And we're seeing that they're not safe. And more and more parents are concerned. And so we're doing all sorts of things and we can try to, to take away guns from citizens. We'll see how well that works. You know, we can talk about putting up metal detectors and searches. We see how that well that worked in, in uh, DPS and East High School. What we need is a response when it happens. That's what FASTER does. Before we describe it, and I do this comparison all the time. You and I have done this a million times. After 9-11, uh, there were flight, uh, what, do they, what do they call it? Um, um, the air marshals. Air marshals, thank you. Air marshals, which were undercover cops that are in planes. There's so few of them. They were kind of like the cops, the SROs in schools. Mm -hmm. So few of them. The idea was if there was something went down on a plane, there might be a cop. And they realized, no, this is not enough. So they asked pilots if they were willing not had to, willing to be trained to carry a gun just for one instance, not to take down drug dealers or check kiters or anything else. And they were trained to the level of air marshals for that one thing if, you're, if the plane was hijacked. And now one out of every 10 flights has an armed pilot on it. And no one minds. Matter of fact, I feel really good that we've got a guy willing to be armed who has been trained to the level of, of a police officer, not for all the things that a police officer does, but for that one little right. thing. Is that kind of what you're talking about with FASTER? Yeah, and, and I'll add to it that the if, if we have an armed pilot on one out of every 10 flights, 
those other nine flights are also safer because the bad guy doesn't know which of the 10 flights the air marshal or the pilot is on. So there's an absolute deterrent effect. And um, so it is very similar. Um, School resource officers, and we love them, or at at FASTER, we're um, in favor of all of the above policies to to keep children safe. Um, There's a lot of other things that school resource officers do. They you know, help children have a good relationship with law enforcement. They do those other things, like if there are drugs, if there are thefts, all, all, all of those other sorts of crimes that we can see happening in schools. Um, but the killer knows where that um, school resource officer is because he or she wears a, a uniform. They've got a cop car. Um, so that it's very well known where they are. And, in and where a, they are not. And where they are not. So in Arapahoe High School, There was a school resource officer on that campus, but the killer did not start his crime in front of that SRO. When the SRO heard on the radio what was going on, he sprinted to the library. 46 seconds is is what I understand it took him to get there. Nobody's saying he ran too slowly, Um, but Claire Davis had already been shot by that point and subsequently lost her life. So one child died in that school shooting, Claire Davis. Because a school resource officer was there, it was only one child. But if you are Mr. and Mrs. Davis, that is your one. You don't care if there were other children. You probably do care. But that was your one. It's not a comfort to you that there was only one child that lost their life there. So that happened in the library. If, if If that school had had an armed staff program and that librarian had been a concealed carry, part of an armed security team, that person potentially could have saved her life, may, may or may not have, but that's the only person who had the potential to save Claire Davis's life because nobody would have known that that uh, librarian was armed. So it's that that sort of undercover notion of it, that concealed carry notion of it that provides that deterrent. If bad guys thought that there was one out of 10 employees in schools that were armed and they didn't know who they were, that would absolutely be a dynamic change in our society. The other part of this is so many of those schools have a sign that says, no guns, gun-free zone. A lot of the schools where you have trained, a lot of them put up a sign that says, our children are protected by armed staff. You don't know which armed staff, but the armed staff. That sends out a really different signal. Uh, And I've got to imagine a shooter is very discouraged from going into a school like that. Yeah, and what we've seen over the last seven years is more schools are willing to put those signs up. Uh, Seven years ago, it was a very, very quiet policy. I even had um, a tough time finding people to come to our first class so that we could get (laughs) our Colorado instructors um, certified by the Ohio instructors, we brought this this program from Faster Saves Lives in Ohio. Um, we just needed a first class to get under our belt, and nobody was talking about it. Fast forward seven years, schools today that are considering this policy typically have a very open public process. They invite the community. Um, they do a town hall. I would be on a panel, a number of other folks that um, that are responsible for different areas of school safety might be on the panel. Big big public processes. They take down their gun-free zone signs. They put up, some of the schools, John, have these um, uh, these signs, maybe as big as the wall behind us here, that say something to the effect of, you know, such as that school, school district has armed staff and we'll do whatever it takes to protect children. 
And um, a lot of our schools that have been through FASTER will report back to us when they come to next year's class and say, oh yeah, some so-and-so stopped by and said, um, what does that mean? And who's actually armed here? They've you know, subsequently introduced the guy to the, the sheriff's department uh, because don't come around to school asking about right. you know school security. But it's that's been a super interesting thing to watch is how much more open schools are to talk about this. For the sake of time, let, let me do what you and I have done a few times. I'm going to tell you why this is a stupid idea. Yes, you are. That's why a dangerous idea. Yes, you are. Which is, one, teachers shouldn't be forced to, to carry guns. That is insane. Okay, we'll do lightning round on this. Lightning round. We have never, ever heard anywhere across the country that any school wishes to force anybody to carry a firearm. Patently false. Um, uh, it, it's a red herring. You're not, at, you're not telling anybody they have to carry a gun? No. How are you gonna find people who want to do this? This is crazy. No, no teacher ever got into the into the business so they could tote around a gun. Yeah. No teacher ever got into the business to put herself in between bullets and children either. But we keep seeing that happening. What happens is a school district passes this policy, they look for volunteers, and I have yet to speak to a superintendent uh, who says, I just had nobody that raised their hand. Almost every school district we've talked to says, gosh. We had more than we even thought we were going to have. I didn't know Mrs. So-and-so has been a concealed carry holder for 10 years. I didn't know Mr. So-and-so has been around firearms for his whole life. It's, uh, it's more that than we don't have enough uh, people. These people don't know how to handle guns. They know how to teach kids or run an administration. You know, cops are trained how to use firearms. These are civilians. It's a whole different world. They're not going to be trained like cops. This is, would be like saying, John, you only know how to run a think tank. You don't know how to use a firearm as a concealed carry holder. But in fact, you take your job as a concealed carry holder very seriously, and you get a lot of training to make sure you're proficient so that within the course of your job, uh, if you needed to use your concealed carry firearm, you would have the ability. But my, my, my training for concealed carry to get that permit is minimal compared to what a cop goes through right. for his training. Right, but you and so many other ordinary law-abiding concealed carry holders in Colorado continue to get training. In, in the, the armed school employee realm, they have to have their concealed carry permit, obviously. They have to have um, some pre-training before they even get to FASTER's level one training. And the curriculum of FASTER level one is the same curriculum that cops go through to learn how to stop an active killer. The uh, medical training is the same things cops learn um, on how to stop uh, stop bleeding um, from you know gunshot wounds and other catastrophic injuries like that. And when you go through faster, you take the same test in handgun proficiency that cops take to get out of the academy and then every year thereafter um, to be able to be a cop. And then we actually add two additional shots to that, and you have to pass it 100%. Not every law enforcement agency requires 100%, we do. So in other words, you have to be more proficient than a police officer to pass this yeah. training. Yeah, and, and what we continue to find, there are absolutely people in law enforcement who are, I'll use the quotation, gun guys, people who yeah. train a lot and do competitions and stuff. But um, the average guy in law enforcement, a guy or gal in law enforcement, they do what they need to do, and they, they qualify every year, every six months, depending on the agency. What we find is school boards, and this is another big change we've seen in the last seven years, school boards are, are now saying, yes, you need to get your annual um, training with, with FASTER, 
But weekly, we want to see you dry firing. Monthly, we want to see you at the range. Quarterly, we want to see drills in the school, preferably with local law enforcement. So, so school boards are making it much more rigorous, which I think is such a great, uh, a great trend to see, um, because we don't want them training just um, or shooting just once You're a year. Putting like more cops. guns in schools. This is nuts. They're they're gonna kids are gonna find these guns and they're gonna do damage. You're asking people to just bring guns into school. No good could happen with this. You're, you're asking for these guns to be um, discovered by tiny hands. Yes, so we're not um, because it, it's not happening. In the 20 or so years that there have been fairly open um, armed staff policies across the country, um, there haven't been any incidents of any injuries, any um, deaths, any there was a, an accident that involved a, a uh, negligent discharge into a toilet um, when a, an armed school employee was reholstering um, in the restroom and violated firearm safety rules, did what they weren't supposed to do, but there were, there's nobody injured in that. Um, no child has gotten a firearm from an armed school employee. The, the, um, the policies around these um, if you're an armed teacher, for example, in a school, what we're hearing more and more of is if anybody ever sees your firearm, you are off the team. Um, the, there are very stringent policies around this. What we do know keeps happening, though, John, is um, bad guys intent on killing innocent people continue to come onto our um, school campuses across the country, executing children, executing school employees, and um, causing all kinds of carnage. We know that keeps happening. The other stuff, somebody's going to find a teacher's gun, whatever. Those aren't happening. How quickly does a shooting happen? I, I think this is yeah. what what people don't quite get. You've often said when when seconds count, police are only minutes away. Right. This happens fast, which means in order to stop a shooting, you know, you we have this thing of run and hide. All right, that's that's great, but. The shooter is coming to find you, and if it takes five minutes for for the police to come and try to find him, what's the average time of a school shooting? Yeah, so um, Coventry Christian, um, which was in the spring of this year, um, six people died. It took, and this is Nashville Metro PD, it took them 12 minutes to get there. Once they got there, they got after it. It was done pretty quickly, um, but that killer had a lot of time in there. Um, you look at um, STEM school, you and I are, are both good friends with John and Maria Castillo. Mm -hmm. um, Kendrick took that fatal blow within seconds um, and it was over. Kendrick, um, you know, your viewers might right. know, stopped. What a hero. Absolute hero, our own local hero. That, that could have looked just like Uvalde with 20 plus people in that room dying, um, but for Kendrick. That's why the STEM school shooting right. is not considered a mass shooting, but they're over like that. Stop that for a second, just because this young man will is, is Colorado's hero. Without thinking, he rushed the shooter, he and a few others, and it would have been a mass shooting if not for those heroes. And his parents are just two of the bravest people I've, I know who were strong supporters of what you do but they took action. You have to take out the shooter, but it happens in a flash. Right. And for 12 minutes of carnage, uh, if there is not somebody there to stop it, and the fact is we can't afford to have, you know, 
one out of every 10 classrooms to have a cop in there. Right. It's impossible. Right, exactly. And the only person who could have stopped um, that shooting right there besides Kendrick getting up and, and lunging the shooter was Miss Harper, the teacher in that room. Um, and, and Kendrick's kind of the spirit of what we do. We, we want uh, well-trained armed adults to keep children safe. We don't want another child. We don't child. want the kids to have to keep themselves right. safe with that. Right. I think about Uvalde and cops hanging out outside, taking time to put on hand sanitizer while there's a shooter inside a classroom terrorizing those people. What a different story it would be if the teacher had an option right. other than throwing herself at the shooter. Right, and I mean, so many um, innocent lives lost there while cops did nothing. And then, you know, when we talk about that at class, our law enforcement, our, our instructors are all active duty law enforcement. Um, you want to see a bunch of angry guys talk about something, it's yeah. that. But, but yeah, the, um, somebody has to be there at the point of attack to stop the killing because even if somebody, even if there's a cop in the uh, parking lot who hears the shots and runs toward the sound of gunfire, somebody has at least been shot, potentially lost their lives um, to have created that sound of gunfire before that cop can get there. We need people peppered throughout the school people don't know are armed. And absolutely, there should be very high training standards, and there are. Um, I'm not an advocate for what they do in um, in Utah, where it's, I refer to it as don't ask, don't tell. If you have a concealed carry permit, um, you can be armed on campus. What they've had difficulty with in Utah is there's no requirement to train, no school board requirement or anything like that to train. So they don't train together. So if something happened, oh. it's a huge deterrent effect for sure. But if something happened, I want not a coordinated effort right. of and, training together. So it happens in Miss Jones' class and Mr. Smith runs in, they haven't coordinated. Well, potentially they haven't. There's not a requirement right. to, um, um, gun people are good and like to train. So there, yeah. there could be some coordination there. Um, but it does have a different feel. But under faster, you train so that if there's a shooting, a school knows what to do. Right. You do this, I do that. Right. You call, I do this. You hold down, and then after the shooting, just as importantly, here's how we stop the bleeding right. until help arrives. Right. You brought this to Independence Institute, and and we're a think tank, all right. We, but we do something different. We incubate these ideas. Um, and you said we we need to do this, and we said. Okay, let's do this. Uh, and like so many things we incubate, we, we had no idea what, what this entailed. Right. It just said, there are kids dying. There's a void that needs to be filled. People will ridicule us. Well, that's what we do. We love to be ridiculed. <laughs> that's, that is our sweet spot. This could not have happened if you did not have the courage and the professionalism to pull it off. When you came here, what was the biggest challenge in getting this project off the ground through independence? It's really about raising money because, you know, you, you like any business you start, you have to have some investment. And, you know, I, I was proposing we're going to put on a class. Um, we're going to pay people to be instructors. 
Um, we needed to cover some expenses for the Ohio folks to come out. I really wanted to be able to use the They had a similar name. program, mm -hmm. and you used that as a framework. I used that as a framework, and they're, they're called Faster Saves Lives out in Ohio. And I really- By the way, we never said what Faster yeah. stood for. Yeah, and um, so I'll say why I like it first, and yeah. I'll tell you what it means, and you don't have to remember it. Um, but I like the, um, the thought that the faster we stop the killing and the faster we stop the bleeding, the fewer people die. So I love the name, but it stands for Faculty Administrator Safety Training and Emergency Response. And some friends in Ohio started this right after Sandy Hook. And they said, even if we get one person in our class to um, protect children in one classroom, it'll be worth it. Um, they had 25 spots in that first that first class, they had 2,500 applicants that first year right after Sandy wow. Hook. So, so we needed to raise money um, to get this first thing, this first class um, under our belt. And at, way back then, people were like, you're going to do what? Um, so it was very helpful to partner with Independence Institute on this um, because I didn't have to put my own personal credit card on the line that first year um, to, to, get this, to get this going. From then, um, there was a whole bunch of word of mouth in the, the school community. Lots of rural schools know the next, they play basketball against the neighboring <laughs> rural school and talk about these things. And we started, um, it was much easier to get schools um, from that standpoint. And then, um, you know, it's been a lot of different things that we've tried to raise money over the years, including raffles. Let's go ahead and mention the raffle that's coming up. Sure. This is, this is one of the fun things we do. I know it's a lot of, a lot of headache for you to run a <laughs> raffle. But as a think tank, incubating this idea, we've had to raise money. II's put in money. You've put in talent. We have an organization, a 501c3, that we've been able to do this under the umbrella of. And you know, who gets to raffle off guns? Right. You know, what do you do today? We're raffling off a gun. <laughs> and we've been doing this for years. And we don't raise tons of money. Right. But we, we get And you had this great idea of meat is expensive. We've got somebody who wants to help give us a side of beef. So you decided to label this raffle the? Meat and heat raffle, yes. So we that's true, we have half a steer fully processed. Um, it's actually a retired superintendent who's been with our program since nearly the beginning, also a cattle rancher. He, he donated a side of beef. Um, we have a, um, a gun from Shadow Systems. It's a concealed carry firearm, some ammo, and the ability to come to a faster class. People want a raffle ticket. Where do they go? Go to fastercolorado.org, and uh, you'll click on buy your raffle tickets right there. What has been so fabulous for me is this has been a project of independence, uh, and it was incubated at independence, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew to a point now, as we've done with some of other projects, that it, it, needed, it needed to grow out of the house. Mm -hmm. It needed to go out of the nest. It's it's time for you to go off to college. And you've created uh, your own C3, and now you're off on your own. Yep. You've got your own first one-bedroom apartment, and yes. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> so Faster Colorado is now its own C3. Right. And it, it hurts because as a parent seeing this thing leave II, but it's also so cool that now you are on your own. Why, why was it important to do that? Yeah, we just got pretty big and complicated and it was hard to be under anybody else's umbrella really. Um, and you know, there are, are people who really love what we do, but they don't care. They don't love what we they don't do they don't, so much. They might love what, what independence does in one area, not in another area. And um, so it was, I think important too, from a fundraising standpoint for folks to, even though every dollar we raised for faster, you passed along to us. I think people, 
needed to know that they were donating directly to FAFSA. Since you're dealing with schools on safety issues and we deal with schools on educational Mm -hmm. choice, a lot of schools are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so just for everyone to know, this is a good thing. This is not a bad thing. This is a great thing to see. Another success story for Independence Institute. Absolutely. Another shining example of how we take what seems like an impossible idea Mm -hmm. and bring it to reality. And I guarantee you within a few years, uh, almost every school district in Colorado will will have to at least consider this publicly. And when they do, Mm -hmm. I think they'll have to adopt it. Yep, agreed. People want to go and get more information about this. Where do they go? Yeah, fastercolorado.org. You can, again, get those tickets, um, take a look at who's on our team, donate, send us a note, ask us questions, get us out to your school. Um, if they're interested in talking to us, um, we'd love to hear from, from folks that are interested in learning more. And at the risk of you know money not going to II for this project, but the, every dime we raised for the project went to it. You need money for this too. Absolutely, yeah. And you know we're we're doing this final raffle together, um, and that money will all go to to faster. Um, but yeah, if if people can sponsor a teacher, sponsor a school, um, it's because it costs it, how much to put a teacher through yeah, this program. For for level one, it's a thousand bucks. That's a, a which is still a ridiculously low it's, price. It's a very yeah. It's a we're yes we're a um, tax exempt nonprofit organization. Priced priced. Um, and you are personally becoming very wealthy on this. <laughs> Yeah, we we hoped we hope to uh, be able to pay people at some point in the future, but uh, we're not there today. But it's you know it's like a restart up, and we're fine with that. We knew what we were. Most getting importantly, into. you're saving lives, yeah. and you won't know how many lives you saved by deterring right. this. That's that's the wonderful and frustrating part, and hopefully, people you train will never have to pull a gun right. out of a holster. Uh, that's the beautiful part. I think what you do is is just a, a shining example of what Independence Institute does best, and it could not happen without your charisma and your talents and your passion, and that's um, going to become a model for the nation. Yeah, it's been a great partnership. We wouldn't have been able to do it without Independence, and um, some people asked, you know, was it an amicable breakup? And it's some people have asked funny stories. And yes, we'll still be at Christmas dinner and we'll still do all the things together. We're still family. Um, get the but, kids on the weekends. Yeah. I, I get them on the weekdays. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, this is, this is why great. independence exists, to take ideas that should be reality and turn them into reality. Yep. Not just to make white papers and say, this right. is the way things should be, but to actually turn them into reality. And because of your skills and talents, we were able to do this by partnering. This is the good stuff. Right. This is what we do. And and I've often heard you say that we're not a think tank, we're a get stuff done tank. And we use more colorful we language, do, but yes. But we're on TV. Um, and and I think this is an example of, you know, seven years ago, um, I had a first year teacher in our very first class. Fast forward, she just finished our level four class. And I, I was looking at her going, man, she's still a young woman, obviously. She was the best performer in this level four class. And I just sat back and went, wow, we, we have, we've really brought yeah. something cool to Colorado. Isn't it amazing? I'll leave it at this. Isn't it amazing when you take what seems like a completely impossible idea and seven years later, it is now becoming the norm. Mm-hmm. And in a state where guns are being taken away everywhere, and gun rights are being ripped away everywhere, there are teachers who will say, you're not taking guns away out of our schools. Mm-hmm. That is just such 
opposite of what should be happening when you see the demographics of what's going on in Colorado. And that's because of Independence Institute and because of you and Faster Colorado. That's the power of what we do at Independence, what you do, because we think long-term. We don't think about the next election. We think about what we can do over seven years. Right, and it's not political. Um, It has been the privilege of my life to get to know all of these school employees who to a person would die to protect kids, and now they have a fighting chance to live to protect kids and go home themselves. It's not political, but it's what I call political culture. Mm-hmm. You're changing the political sure. culture. And now school administrators are fighting for gun rights inside schools. Mm-hmm. Wrap your brain around that one for the weekend. Yep. Laura, thanks for everything you do. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.